This is Jerry G. Martin, and welcome to The Light of the World. During the month of June, we celebrated fathers on Father's Day. We wanted to take it much further than celebrating fathers on Father's Day. We have designated June as the month of the man. This is an opportunity to share with men how God sees us and how God orders our life and how God expects us to be leaders in our homes and our families, in our communities, and in our nations. We're sharing several messages that we hope would be a blessing and a benefit to everyone that's sharing. Call the man in your life and tell him to listen in to today's broadcast. Now come and go with us as we continue to walk in the light of God's Word. There's a scripture in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 11. It says, When I was a child, I spoke as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. I want the men to be engaged this morning. So would you just repeat after me, man? When I was a child, I spoke as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, when I became a man, when I became a man, I put away childish things. What are the childish things? Here are seven characteristics of childish behavior. A child is the center of his own universe. A child is insensitive to the needs of others. A child desires to have its own way. A child has a temper tantrum if it's not catered to. A child is unable to be reasoned with. A child is irresponsible in behavior. A child obeys only concrete authority. But the scripture tells us when I became a man, I put away childish things. So I'm going to come back and dig a little deeper into that concept in another message. But today I want to start with the beginning. Let me say this as I start this whole series about men. I love being a man. I don't feel ashamed. I'm not embarrassed. I'm not intimidated. And I ain't guilty about it. I don't have any inner thoughts of wishing I was a woman. I ain't never felt like I should have been a woman. I don't want to try out being no woman. I am a man. I'm not what I shall be, but I am what I am. I'm not all the man I can be, but I'm more than what I was. There was a headline in a local paper that read, Wanted, some stout-hearted men. The article began with the question, What's wrong with America? And the article gave the answer, Lousy leadership, not just in government or politics, but in business and labor 
in service and manufacturing, education and other big institutions, and also in the media. Most of us will agree that there is a crisis in leadership and in productivity, but this stems basically from a crisis in manhood. Our manhood has been emasculated and that has sterilized our ability to be productive. The feminist movement speaks out against maleness. They create a perception for the word man. They don't want to use that word. Men, that man has become in some circles a dirty word. They want a deletion of the gender specific terms and seek to replace those with neutral terms. There are no more firemen. They want to be firefighters. There are no more man hours. There are person hours. There's not even a manhole cover. It's a person hole cover. <laughs> Movies, television, and entertainment gives a perception of men as either stupid bunglers or super macho heroes. Even family television programs shows ineffective men depending on competent women to help them through life. Who was the smartest person on the Jeffersons? Who was the smartest person on Good Times? It's not the man. He's the bungler. He's the, he's the one that's in up. Watch every TV show. They got 98-pound women on CSI program running down a 250-pound man and slamming him to the ground and handcuffing him. All while she's doing her nails. <laughs> what is a real man and what is he like? In the case of male identity and role, the answer is found in God as he revealed himself on earth in the manhood of Jesus Christ. Through Jesus, God showed us by example how to live as real men here on earth. And God revealed to us in physical form what he'd already said, that he created man in his image and for his purposes. So let me say this. The essence of manhood is found not in how a man looks, or in what a man does, but in who a man is. Not what you look like, not what you do, but who you are. There's no greater joy or fulfillment for any man than to be brought up to the level of Christ-like manhood, and that's real manhood. So I want to look at the making of a man by his maker. Someone said in a book that men are from Mars. But the creation of man was God's idea. The truth is the creation was something that God initiated. In the first chapter of Genesis, we get an overview of the creation of man. And in the second chapter, we get the details of that creation. So it almost looked like it repeats itself. But the first chapter gives you the overview. The second chapter gives you the details. In the first 24 verses of chapter 1 of Genesis, God creates the heaven and earth and the plants and the animals. And the last stage of that progression of creation 
God said, let us make man. I want to make man who's going to be God's representative, clothed with authority and, and rule as the visible head of his creation here on earth. So let's look at Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. Then God said, let us make man in our likeness and let them rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air, over the livestock, over the earth, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. So God created man he created a male man and a female man. That's why she's called female. I created man. I created them male and female. God said to his creation partners, the Son and the Holy Ghost, let us make man and let's make him like us. Let's make someone we can relate to. Let's make someone we can communicate with. Let's make someone we can fellowship with. And there were three things that resulted in us being made in God's image. Man was made in the spirituality of God. Man became a spirit. God is a spirit and man became a spirit. And a spirit being and with an intellect and a free agent, we're able to make decisions. Secondly, man had the moral integrity and holiness of his nature. We made us so we can live holy. Thirdly, he made us like him to rule and to reign. He gave us dominion over the creatures. That was in chapter 1. And in chapter 2, he gives specific and individual details about the making of the man. Let's look at Genesis chapter 2, verse 7. The Lord God formed the man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living being. Now, this is the male man. God started with the male. The first thing I see is that this man who's been made out of the dust of the ground shouldn't mind getting dirty. That has to do with working with your hands, being productive. He was made from the dust of the earth. So the real man that God makes don't mind getting dirty. You shouldn't always be looking at your fingernail. <laughs> Talk about, I got a little dirt on my fingers. That, you came from the dirt. So especially don't look at your nails like this. <laughs> so if you're going to look at them, look at them like this, not like that. <laughs> All right, Brother Ray. <laughs> Verse 8. Look at this. Now the Lord God had planted a garden in the east in Eden, and there he put the man he had formed. God planted a garden, 
and God put the man there. Did you see that? He planted a garden and he put the man there. God did not send the man to the garden. He put him there. He ain't going to take no chance that you ain't going somewhere else. I'm putting you right here where I want you. God prepared a place and put the man in the place where he could be productive and successful. Listen, man, God is interested in your productivity and your success. Come on, let me say it again. Man, God is interested in your productivity and your success. So he set you up to succeed. He didn't set you up to fail. He set you up to succeed. He gives us everything we need. He is instrumental in your career. God is instrumental and interested in your business. He's interested in your pathway for success. No matter what you've learned, no matter what your trials you've been to, no matter how you feel insecure about who you are and what you need to do, God set you up for success. Verse 9 says, And the Lord God made all kinds of trees grow out of the ground, trees that were pleasing to the eye and good for food. In the middle of the garden there were the tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. The Lord took the man and put him in the garden to work it and take care of it. The first assignment God gave to the man was to work and take care of the garden. The man has to be industrial, industrious. He wants us to be industrious. That means to work it. Notice that God gave man work before he gave him a wife. God gave the man work before he gave him a wife. Establishing a work ethic is vital to manhood. So I ain't hear no man say nothing. I hear all the women. Establishing a work ethic is vital to manhood. I can't stand a lazy man. There was a guy talking to me about a man. He said, he's so lazy, he won't work in a pie factory. I can't stand a lazy man. God, the first thing he said, work it. You don't have to worry about anybody else influencing your success if you work. If you're a good worker, you're a hard worker, you're a diligent worker, you ain't going to have no problem making it if you save your money after you get through working. We have a culture with a lot of men who do not work. There's a reason for that. Working is not an option. It is necessary for a man. Working is not an option. It's necessary. Parents, video games are not a substitute for working for your kids. If you don't teach your children how to work, especially your boys, 
Now listen, it don't, shouldn't take a rocket scientist to figure out if you're a single mother, I got this boy, I want him to take care of me when I get old. So if I'm going to teach him how to work, guess who's going to be taking care of who? I don't want to just be too hard on him. Yeah, well, that's the time to be hard on him. He needs to work. Last Monday, I was on my patio doing some cleaning with my grandson. Now, he ain't two years old. He come out there to uh, hang out with me. I said, go over there and pick up that little piece of wood there and bring it and put it in that little container. I had him over there going one piece to another. I'm, trying, I'm teaching him, you're going to have to work. You're going to hang around with me. He's trying to get something. I'm sitting on the couch and he's trying to reach it. I move it a little bit out of his reach. Why? I want you to work to get it. The mama said, don't mess with him like that. You aggravate him. <laughs> no, let him, let him reach. He's a boy. He's a man in the making. The mama said, don't, don't. He's whining. Now let him whine, but he ain't going to get it till he reach for it. That's what a man does. You got to train your kids. So if you haven't had any man training, I hate to see a guy 40 years old that never had man training. Man training starts as soon as they start breathing. But you got to have a man around to have some man training. Women cannot do this. Women, you can be great mothers, loving mothers, careful mothers, providing mothers, but you cannot train a boy how to be a man. Just can't do it. Oh, I didn't like it when my folks was working us. When I was young, we didn't have video games. We couldn't sit down and watch TV all day. Mom, come in and let me find you something to do. You never told him about, I'm bored, bored. No, you ain't going to be bored. <laughs> I was so glad when I got a job that they paid me for. <laughs> I said, they're going to pay me for this. <laughs> By the time I left home, every other job I got was easy. Yeah. They had slave labor in our house. <laughs> But we never regret it. And your family don't regret it because you know how to take care of a family. I was talking to my mother about some youngsters that were getting ready to try to leave home and at uh, 18 or 19 today. These kids aren't ready to leave like we were. I left home. I was just, I just would turn from 17 to 18. I moved to California and never had to call back and ask for no help, no nothing. Moved out there in an the apartment with my other brothers. We cook our meals just like old country folk. We cooking smothered chicken and greens and, and potatoes and cooking cornbread from scratch. We was out there working at the UPS, working and singing while I'm throwing boxes. Everybody quitting. This is a hard job. I said, a hard job, man. Man, I'm singing while I'm working in this hot truck. <laughs> I work harder than this for nothing. <laughs> I ain't quitting this job. But you teach them how to work, they'll make it. Listen, mothers, you teach your kids how to work real hard, you ain't got to tell them to leave home. I took off like a scald dog. I'm sitting there waiting. As soon as I get my high school diploma, I'm getting up out of here. I was like Shirley Caesar, I won't be back, I won't be back, no more, no more, no more. 
You got grown folk laying up there talking about what time we going to eat. <laughs> work them, young as they are, work them, pick up. You don't see my grand, pick that up, pick that up, pick that up, put that back in there, take them, put it in the trash. You old enough to mess up, you old enough to clean up. You got time to lean, you got time to clean. God says, I'm putting you in the garden so you can do what with it? Work it! Why did God start with that first? Productivity. Work it. There's no productive man in his right mind that want to stay home at his parents' house long term. Something wrong with him. Let me tell you women something now. You shouldn't be shacking. But I'm going to tell you something I noticed. If a man move in with you, you're doing better than him. Because if a man doing better than you, he ain't moving in with you. If a man is doing better than you, he don't want to be in there with you. You're going to have to move with him. Can you help me out till I get myself together? And you want a man so bad that you get any kind of man up in the house that will even mistreat your children. That's no man. That's a male. And there's a difference between a male and a man. Uh, That's another sermon. You just want something. You ought to be happy now because things are getting so that they're making uh, robots. And these robots, I've seen some of them, they look human. They're they're human to the touch. And you can program them, women, that tell you I love you every hour. (laughs) So don't go get no piece of man and uh, have him in your house acting crazy. Just go and get you one of these robots. Just invest the money. You're just going to have to pay one time. You ain't got to worry about him. You ain't got to feed him. He ain't complaining. He just, I love you, darling. I love you. I love you. Whoa. Where was I at? Now notice that the man, not only was he going to work it, God told him two things. I want you to work it. And I want you to take care of it. That's two different things. The taking care of it is that ownership understanding and stewardship. Not only am I working it, I'm taking charge of it and I'm taking care of it. And it's more than, uh, that ain't my job. I certainly hope that you've enjoyed today's broadcast as we've been sharing you a word that we delivered to our congregation during the month of the man. Men are so important in God's eyesight, and they're so important in our families and in our culture. I want to just encourage men to be all that God has called them to be and to do all that God has called us to do. If you would like to hear today's message in its entirety, you can do so by going to our podcast at The Light of the World daily with Jerry G. Martin. You can listen to today's message or you can listen to previous messages that you've heard on this station. Again, that's the light of the world daily with Jerry G. Martin. 
then I invite you to be our guest at The Light of the World. We are meeting every Sunday. Our church is open. We are having wonderful services. Pastor Jackie Martin is in a series right now that she's sharing God's words and God's messages with us so that we can continue to grow and to be engaged in the things of God. Meet us Sunday morning at 10 a.m. at 16161 Old Humble Road. Again, that's 16161 Old Humble Road. You can also join us online at lowcf.org. Again, that's lowcf.org. For those of you who are looking for a Christian bookstore, we have the Beacon Bookstore right here on our campus. You can get Bibles church supplies, communion supplies, offering envelopes, or whatever you need. If we don't have it, we can order it for you. Call us at 281-441-2885. Again, that's 281-441-2885. Now for the light of the world, this is Jerry G. Martin saying, may the Lord our God richly bless you, and we'll be with you again next time.